We are standing at the beginning of Holy Week. Today we waved our palm branches in joyful celebration. As the week progresses, the narratives take us to beauty, such as the wonder and tenderness of a sacred meal shared with dear friends, companionship and care in the face of the unknown. The narratives also bring us to the place of betrayal, suffering, and death. The stories of Jesus this week plunge the depths of human experience. As we listen to Jesus' own unique story this week, we might find that he also has another story in mind. If I am listening to music as I make dinner, the odds are quite high that the Indigo Girls will be playing. I don't know if you have go-to cooking music, but for me it's the Indigo Girls. Recently I noticed that one of their songs seems to be coming up more than others. Romeo and Juliet. A love-struck Romeo sings the streets a serenade. Do you have any idea how many songs, musicals, movies, and stories reference the classic Shakespearean tale of Romeo and Juliet? Most people don't know because we lose track when we are counting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of different works of art. Some of them very directly name and cite Romeo, uh, Romeo and Juliet. Others include a storyline, plot, or themes that are deeply inspired by the classic. Think West Side Story, for example. While still others give a passing reference that might seem to allude to that Shakespearean masterpiece. We keep doing this with so many of our own different love stories, each one so very unique, one of a kind, irreplaceable, we still jump back over and over again to the original Romeo and Juliet and use it to tell our own stories. Even though there are endless ways to tell a person's story, people still are drawn to a timeless, relatable, somewhat universal story of love and conflict and loss in order to give voice to their own story. Somehow in its familiarity there is connection and a shared understanding and resonance. Back to the Holy Week narrative. As we listen to those stories this week and watch Jesus' actions, take note of what Jesus does with the Bible. How does Jesus read and interpret the Bible throughout his life and also especially in his final days? How did Jesus read the Bible and how do we what do we hold dear as we interpret scripture? What guides our reflections? What principles shape our thoughts? 
an approach to reading and interpreting the Bible from our own Reformed tradition starts by celebrating the fact that God wants to be known. God engages in self-revelation more generally through the beauty of creation and more specifically through scripture and the life of Jesus. By the ongoing work of the Spirit, God keeps on connecting, showing up, inviting familiarity. As the Spirit breathes into the living word and connects with us again and again. And the Spirit guides us both individually and collectively as we read and try to apply this deeply personal and widely public message. Our tradition tells us to look at the whole of Scripture, the overarching themes, the broad messages of grace and justice, not just an isolated snippet or soundbite. We see that throughout his ministry, Jesus demonstrated faithful interpretation of scripture, sometimes giving a new teaching. For example, Leviticus 24.20 prescribes an eye for an eye as a form of justice. Jesus, on the other hand, says, you have heard it, that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. Jesus cherished his tradition enough to disagree with scripture at times. Not just for the sake of disagreeing, but to use scripture's overarching themes of redemption and grace to explain, interpret, or challenge particular verses. And Jesus used scripture to pose searching questions to God. Today's scripture passage is the one that shows us that it was in his final hour that Jesus turned to Psalm 22, using its words to cry out, Why? My God, my God, why? That word from generations before gave voice to his experience in that moment. Jesus knew that his tradition, our tradition, held and holds space for the cry of his heart. Jesus shows us that there is room for searching, pleading questions, and even more than just creating space, our tradition respects and values the honest, searching, and sincere grappling such as the question of Psalm 22, the question of Jesus from the cross. There is always room for the honest cries of genuine human struggle. Jesus knew scripture and its heart. He drew attention to the central message of God's great welcome and God's insistence on justice and God as our source of hope. 
Jesus turned to those central messages repeatedly and in so doing, turned away from other messages, shrugged certain things off. There are complete books from the Hebrew scriptures that Jesus never once references, never. Like the hungry patron at the cafeteria, Jesus simply walked past the things that he did not need and went straight for his soul food. And Jesus looked to scripture not just for information, but for transformation. By reading, he was opening himself to be changed and restored and renewed. And as we look at the story of Holy Week, we see that Jesus found some of that transformation, that renewal in scripture by seeing his own life story in the context of God's great story. This past Thursday evening, neighbor and friend of the church, Ray Jackson, led a community-wide racial healing circle. This was the first of possibly a series of events. And one of the things that we did was to take time to hear parts of each other's life stories as a starting point in this process. And so we were given a question, and we were invited to respond to it. We broke into pairs, each one being matched with someone that we, you did not know, in order to listen to each other for two minutes, and then with another partner and another prompt for three minutes. We were asked to listen, to really listen leaning in, no distractions, focusing, suspending judgment, withholding a response, not saying a word or even an mm-hmm, nothing, but just giving full attention so that another person's story could be heard. I have known this for so long. I have seen this so many times. But I really saw this and felt it again this past Thursday. One of the greatest gifts that a person can give to another is to really, truly hear them. And this gift of being heard brings us to one of the most transformative ways that Jesus engages with the scriptures. Jesus and his dearest friends gathered for Passover. Passover. Their great observance of the defining account of liberation and transformation. They made all the arrangements for this most dear celebration of the great story of their shared life. Where will we eat? What's on the menu? Who's going to be there? All the preparations were taken care of, and they sat down, finding their seats around the table. For them, the Passover meal was an essential way of remembering God's liberating activity in the past. 
The Passover meal commemorated the way that God liberated the people from slavery and oppression in Egypt under the tyranny of the Pharaoh so that they could journey to hope and a future of peace and freedom. The Israelites hurriedly ate unleavened bread and then set out for their journey of liberation. The Passover celebration reenacted that very meal. Jesus looked at the Passover bread and said, that's me. The Passover bread, the bread of liberation, the bread of heaven, the bread of new life, that is me. This is what I have been trying to tell you. That bread is me. As the looming clouds of threat gathered and betrayal hung in the air, Jesus picked up the bread and broke it. Broken Passover bread. As if he were saying, I am about to be broken. Broken. But not broken to be discarded. Broken to be shared. Broken that you may be whole. Broken and given to all to strengthen you, to give you new life, to nourish you at your very core. I am the Passover bread. Bread to be the initiator, the driving force on the path to liberation and new life. The path may be difficult and long and painful, but there will be bread. Bread that would make it possible to walk the path to the promised realm, daily bread, to strengthen you when you feel weak. The dear friends gathered around that table probably still could not really hear it and take it in. So intense and painful a path for their beloved. But even when it was too much for them to hear, the story itself heard it resonated with it, connected Jesus in that particular story. Jesus said, I am the Passover bread, and the story echoed back, yes. Jesus said, I am the bread of life, and the story said, yes. Bread from heaven, God's means of liberation. Jesus said, I am the Passover bread, and the story said right back to him, yes. Jesus' own life circumstances resonated in the narrative. Jesus felt so at home in God's bigger story, the story of God's relationship with humanity. Jesus understood his own particular life with all of its unique traits in the context of a larger shared meta-narrative. The people's story was Jesus' story and vice versa. 
Jesus was so at home in the stories of scripture that he was able to make a home for us there too. So that when we face a new and daunting chapter in life, we can flip the pages and hear echoes of similar stories. Are you afraid? Are you betrayed? You are not alone in that story. Overcome by beauty and wonder, others echo and magnify your experience. Asking questions, deep, searching questions, there is space for your experience in this narrative, and your questions resonate with those of others who have searched as you search. Are you filled with gratitude? Your joy resounds with the glad cries of others. Jesus, the most unique human ever, did not lose his distinct particularity by weaving his life story into God's bigger story. Instead, he found understanding, connection, and belonging by seeing his story as situated in the story. And so even for Jesus, the word incarnate, the words of scripture could be a constant source of new life, transformation, and hope. And the same is true for each one of us, our particular, unique, and beautiful stories are cherished within God's big story, where we find resonance, amplification, and home. Thanks be to God. Amen.